Hello, and welcome to Vitamins for Breakfast, the place where you, the listener, is able to feed your spirit and soul through connection. My guests share their real-life stories, uncensored and unapologetically. Life makes us feel as if we need to hide what makes us human, but this podcast is dedicated to highlighting everyone who isn't ashamed of their inner humanity. So welcome to your weekly dose of Vitamins for Breakfast. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Vitamins for Breakfast, the place to connect to real people who share like-minded views on real life circumstances. Today, I have such a vibrant soul who makes others gravitate towards her because of her unapologetic attitude and her hilarious personality. Matali is a friend I made while attending acting classes in New York. And little does she know, she's taught me so much about myself in such a small amount of time. From forcing myself to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, to learning to transform criticism, to fuel, to work harder. Matali is a great example of all those things. Matali, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Oh my God, that was so nice. <laughs> this is I, always everyone's reaction. <laughs> you're so, oh, you're just amazing. You know Stop. that. Stop. No, I feel no. that way about you, but that was so lovely. Oh, I'm thank so you. so excited to be here. Thank you. A little bit more throat. Let me hear your voice. Yes. Here. There you go. She's here, everyone. No one has ever told me to use my voice more than what I normally do. <laughs> Listen, guys, let me just unpack that a little bit. Like, I mentioned the unapologetic aura about you. Like, you have pretty much this attitude, like, this is me, and it's like, take it or leave it. And when I saw that, I was like, I like her immediately because I don't like people who kind of seem like they're kind of tiptoeing on, like, whether or not, like, they think you're criticizing them or you just seem like you were there and you were just willing to be accepted as you are and I like that because that's kind of how I am and I don't like people it's not that I don't like them but it's hard to be around people who are just kind of clearly insecure and you don't want to offend anyone people kind of are clearly just always offended but is that something that you really feel internally or is that just kind of like this this mask that you wear this facade it's definitely not a mask okay awesome I, I do I'm happy that I reflect that because that is truly how I feel and I'm I so think happy. that it does take a long time to get to that point yeah where because I think society as a whole especially being like you know a woman of color yeah. and like you grow up in the U.S. and you're a child of immigrants and there's constantly mm-hmm. forces around you that are trying to dictate yes. how you should be how you should act how you should live your life and obviously as a child mm-hmm. you give in to all of those things and it takes a long time to work through all of that and figure out like you know what this is who I really am and honestly I didn't really feel like the person that I am now. I didn't feel like I was myself until almost my, like, I would say third or fourth year of college. Really? Yeah, it took me a really that's long time. That's still, that, to me, that's still, like, I feel like every day I'm still working on that. I feel like I get a little bit closer, like I'm chipping away at it. But the fact that, that is still astonishing to me, like, college, because college is really a time where it is super confusing. I was very lucky that I was surrounded by amazing people. That's like, awesome. my friends that I made in college were just, like, all very much comfortable with who they are and they yeah. were very it was really heartwarming to be around people who like I never felt unsafe anytime we would go out I, I would always trust that the the guys and the girls who were around me would take care of me and yeah. I felt like that was just such a safe place to exist in awesome. and that kind of let me exist in my skin a little bit better but yeah. I do agree it's absolutely a work in progress yes there are days where I feel like 
who is this? Why am I having this out-of-body experience? But right. on the whole, it's definitely much better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And now my next project is to not let other people's actions bother me that's, as much. That's so that's like what I'm working hardest. on. That's the hardest. So I think kind of the way you phrase it, it seems like we kind of go through phases where we kind of tackle a challenge that we feel within ourselves we 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 face it we're done next challenge face that one so i feel like now how you said now it's kind of like not allowing other reactions kind of you know affect how you react yeah so that's like the new chapter so i think a lot of people need to accept that like like they said, like I always bring this up because Nipsey said, like life is a marathon. Like it, it doesn't stop. Like you're, this is going to continue. Yeah, it's just like you're continuing to just peel just layers and layers, but it, it's not gonna stop happening. And I think that's the part that people have a hard time accepting. They just think that one day they'll wake up and feel whole. Right. And not it's to not sound too actory, but like you know, we're human at the end of the day, so we have mm-hmm. to recognize that our emotions and our responses to people, like yeah, that's totally a normal thing. Yeah. But you don't want to give other people such a level of control over you which exactly. i don't think that i do but there are times where i'm like a little bit concerned of like oh okay yeah that took up more of my my energy. bandwidth than i was <laughs> than i was originally willing to give I it i feel you i so, feel you you know yeah that happens and so like you mentioned like acting because like i said we met each other in acting and do you feel like because Matali went to school in LA mm-hmm. and she was involved, you know, you know, everyone knows LA to be this creative space. Yeah. So you were surrounded by creative people. Do you feel that because you were also centered around something that you feel like has so much value to who you are as a person also kind of brought you into more of yourself? Absolutely. Okay. I think that made a big difference. And again, like coming from a more, not, I wouldn't say traditional, but like, could have been traditional family. Yeah. When you say like I want to be an actor, it's very like oh, it's just a phase. You know? she'll, <laughs> yeah, go, she'll, get she'll get over it. it. She'll get over it. And then I never got over it. But I have to say like, to the credit of my family, they've been so supportive of me, and that is something that has helped. Where I don't have to feel like I need to hide that part of me. Beautiful. And I definitely wanted to get into that. That was actually the next thing that I wanted to hop in. Like from the short amount of time that I've known you, it's very obvious to me that family is very important to you. Yes. It's not one of those those things where it's like, yeah, you know, like I talk to my mom and I talk to my mom. Like it's like she has a strong relationship with almost. It seems like every portion of her family, whether it's an aunt an uncle, a cousin, her mom, her dad, her sibling. It's like everyone is is important. A lot of times, a lot of people, the most that is like, I would say normal, the average person, like all they really have is the immediate family. But you have like, you know, levels. Like there's, there's. I feel like if, if your great-great-grandmother was still alive, you would still be taking photos and selfies with her. Like, Absolutely. You, you seem to like, you value family a lot. And like, what do you think, like having this strong relationship with family has done for you now in your adult life when you go into relationships or you interact with people well, how do you feel like that has played a role yeah well to provide a little bit of context my family's from india yes so you know we're, there's a lot of us and yeah and i've been blessed that both sides of my family are extremely extremely large and extremely widespread yeah. like and are they close like mom and mom and dad's like families close with each other yeah I mean? okay yeah so there is a lot of so- overlap and it's weird because we're close to like our second and third cousins mm-hmm. almost clo- more than we are with our first cousins just because like proxim like I have a lot of relatives in the tri-state area who aren't necessarily like my direct my mom's sister's kids yeah but like my mom's first cousin's kids my mom's second cousin's kids right. and that's something that 
we have grown up with. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I think definitely has influenced the way that I carry myself and the way I interact with people is that I don't have a fear of ever being alone. Oh, I have the opposite problem. It's like if I want to be left alone, it's probably not gonna happen. Oh, you, oh can we just can we stop it and bring it back? <laughs> I need to literally stop it and bring it back. That is crazy because I've never thought of that perspective. For someone who has had family or has had that, like, I've had it, you know, but like I said, I haven't had, like, this multitude, like, you know, I, I know that I could call a cousin, I know that I can call my aunt, like, I really just have my unit, and sometimes if that's not all the way strong, you can kind of seek it elsewhere, and you see mm -hmm. it time and time again, especially, let's say, with, you know, relationships when women will have daddy issues and are fighting guys to kind of fix that, but if you're someone who kind of has that all at home and, you know, you can speak to anyone... You're not necessarily seeking to be chosen. You know, right. you're already not chosen. Validation from anybody. Exactly. You're good. I try not to. Right. Sometimes we have our moments because we we're women. To, you know, we're human. Yeah. <laughs> but dang, I never thought about that. So, so not we don't have to go deep into like that aspect of relationship. Just because I'm curious. So, how has dating really been for you as someone who like you don't necessarily like we all kind of you seem like you're really okay with space. Yes. And, you know, not everyone's okay with that. Some people want to be like, where are you? What are you doing? Can we no. hang out? That actually, like, is a turnoff for me. Where yeah. it's like you're very needy and you are, like, constantly around all the time. And you need, like, constant attention. To me, that's like, oh, like, no, it just feels like having a kid around. Yeah. So, yeah, I am. I do tend to be very independent. Right. Which is not to say that, like. I'm distant, but I do understand that, like, we're people. Like, people need space sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, like, you have aspects of your life that inter like that intersect with somebody else's and some aspects of your life that I think should be allowed to be kept separate. I think so, too. I Just for, like, your good. mental health and of for, like, course. how you conduct yourself in, like, a positive way. Yeah, because honestly, like... People go into relationships, and I do believe that, you know, you become a unit and all that stuff, but I think a lot of people forget, and even myself, I'm guilty, I'm not trying to sit here and act like I've never done that, but you kind of feel like, you know, without this person, what are you going to do? Because you get so used to, you know what I mean? It's like that person becomes your security blanket. And it's like, you're at a place where you're like, I need no blanket. I'm very warm Take and cozy. Take the blanket off. Turn <laughs> <laughs> the air conditioning on. <laughs> no, let me, not, let me not make it that. She's not like, that cold, I'm not Bella. That cold. Bella, she's, she's, cold. She's, a, she's a real good, she's a real good catch. You know what I, I mean? do think that society, and that may be more pronounced for me coming from an Indian background, but society puts so much weight on marriage yeah and i just don't get it and especially coming from a big family i've seen a lot of people like very up very close and i see like i've seen a lot of kinds of marriages and i'm like yeah sometimes it's great but a lot of times i'm like it's not really the product that you're selling me like right. i very rarely find myself looking at a marriage being like oh i'm so jealous you know i wish i had that yeah it's just not something that i feel you and i'm not saying that i would never get married right. absolutely i'm not saying that at all yeah but it just doesn't seem to me that like i should feel like, like it's i'm something less than or i'm right. incomplete without being married exactly when we have so many other things that we're accomplishing you know yeah. as women yeah then you because a lot of us are using that as like um 
Like, that's the goal. And if you feel like you're not on that track or you haven't met someone yet, like, you're falling behind, especially, like, if you're older. Right. If you're a woman who's 30, 32, still trying to figure it out, you know, you, you got your mom and dad asking what's going on, when am I getting a grandkid? It's, like, this pressure that doesn't just come from society. It comes from family. It comes, yeah. from, it comes from everyone. And it's, like, who made this, you know, the goal? Right. Like, if you really sit and unpack it, like, who made this the goal? Like, society made yeah. this a goal. Like, a lot... I mean, some people believe that marriage is just a business contract. So, it's, like, another just form of, you know, in capitalist society for money. So, it's, like, when you unpack it and then you also realize, like you said, like, there's marriages that are not the... You know, they're not... They're painting an image and it's really not like that. So, I don't think that anyone should make it a goal to, to, to get married or to meet someone and be right. chosen. I think it's great if it happens. Of course. But is it the end all and be all? No, I don't not think at so. all. Absolutely. And I think not. back in the day, you know, when it was like seen as a vehicle to procreate. Mm -hmm. and we got seven billion people on this planet right we now. We don't need it. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> Let's cap it out. And we have so many and I really feel like people who argue that, you know, like having kids is very important, you know, when we have live in a country where the foster system is just so screwed up and yeah. so broken and yeah. look at what's happening at the border we have yeah. so many kids that are in need of homes and of attention and of care so i'm like sometimes i feel like oh well if you really are so concerned about you know children yeah then you should also be ah, kind of you know I understanding the whole situation of what's that. going on yeah yeah so we're not in a we're not in a position globally where we're struggling to find we're like, oh, there's not enough people. You know, yes. the human race is dying out. Yes. Like, no, we have so many people. We have yes. too many people, and we can't provide for them. Woo! Yo, right now, Matali just sounded like she was running for president. And speaking of, Matali has been behind someone who is running for president. Yes. She has been very active. I'm sorry, what is her name? Because I don't want to mispronounce it. She is Senator Kamala Harris okay, from South California. Yes, yes. So Matali has been behind this person. She has been advocating for her. Um, I, the only reason why I even re I told her, the only reason why I knew that this person was a candidate and was running because I don't keep up with the news really, was because she was she was um, advocating for it on her Instagram. I go on her story and I'm like, why is she, why is she screaming so loud that she got all these people <laughs> behind her for this person? So I ended up watching her videos and I'm like, this woman is so well spoken and she so is. and so real in her delivery. I felt like it was genuine. It didn't feel like you know, like a puppet. It felt like this was really how she was feeling. So tell me a little bit about that. What got you to this point now where you're pretty much, you know, you know, hosting events that are tailored around her in New York City area? What what started that? So it I would say I've always been politically inclined from really? the time I was young. I think I went to high school at Townsend Harris in Queens and they really cultivated that culture of like you need to be engaged, you know, in this in society, in the community. Yeah. Politically we had to do political service. So yeah. I think that really planted the seeds. Mm. And then in twenty sixteen when Hillary lost, yeah. I had such an emotional reaction to it because I was just expecting that we were gonna have the first woman president. And you know, growing up in New York, I don't know if like you felt had the same experience, but she was everywhere. She was our senator, you know, yeah. she was such like an icon for me. And I just assumed that she was gonna be president. Right, right. So when she lost, I had such an unexpected reaction to it. I literally cried for three days. Really? I couldn't talk to people. I just couldn't. I couldn't talk to my parents. I was just like, I, I couldn't get words out to explain how I was feeling. Right. And I was just so disappointed. But like, I was obviously disappointed that the election didn't go the way that it did. Mm -hmm. I was obviously disappointed to find people that 
our, our age, our peers, who didn't understand the importance of not having somebody like Trump be yeah. president. But yeah. like, mo- honestly, most of all, I was so disappointed in myself because I was thinking like, I have a voice. I could use it if I want to. I chose not to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I was complacent and I would just assume that she was going to win the election. So I just kind of sat back and I was like, well, I voted. I did my thing. I don't need to say anything because obviously she's going to win. She's going to win. And that's not the way that change happens. And that's Mm -hmm. not the way that people get things done. So now that 2020 is rolling around and honestly, we've seen what's going on in our country. I'm not surprised by any of it. Yeah. I understood the stakes going into 2016, going into that election, and now I'm not going to make that same mistake of just sitting around and doing nothing. And I have a lot of people who have tried to tell me, like, you know what, it's just, like, political, and, you know, like, it's going to be what it is. We can't really do anything about it, and I don't think that that's the right attitude to have at all. Like, we need to do things about it. And I feel like it is time for us to have a woman, a female president. We're the only really big democracy in the world that has not had a female leader. India, which is not even a great country for women, Mm -hmm. has had female leaders. And my thing is that sometimes I always sit back and ask myself to the people who are so against it because I even had females tell me who they're against it, believe it or not. It's mostly women, actually. And I'm like, okay, but what has, up, up until now, what has a male president done that's necessarily benefited us? Like, there's been a few things, of course, but what, like, overall, do you feel like we are going uphill or downhill? So, like, clearly, I think, like, at either way, I think it, if we let Trump pl- get into office and play around, then right. you guys should have the same attitude with allowing a woman get in right. there and play around and see what happens. Because clearly, we just, we, we just, we, we do experiments. Right. So, let's experiment with a female president and see what happens. Like, you know what, men? Like, y'all have had 45 chances. <laughs> y'all have had... 45 chances and you know what i'm not happy with the state of things right now so give us a chance 45 chances that's how you know this girl's paying attention to history because i'm like we've had 45 presidents yeah girl i can't keep up no but it's true and besides that and besides having a woman and obviously having a woman of color and she's half jamaican and half indian and her family is like her mother was originally from south india so i feel that connection to her on another level yeah but she's so qualified and i think that she's here not to play around right she's not here to play around and waste anyone's time she's very has very clear policies on things she's very much like i'm here to do this and if congress doesn't vote to do this i'm going to sign an executive order regarding Mm -hmm. gun control regarding Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of issues and we need somebody who's not going to like pander and like like tread lightly around right. because honestly like i'm tired of talking about guns i'm tired of talking about abortion like it's 2019 i'm over it yes it's way too much every day and it's like social media we're saturated with it on every platform and it really i feel like there has to be a reason why we're being saturated with it because it's getting to a point now where it's like you turn on the news and you know you're gonna get a negative report no matter what absolutely and it's like either it's like you know someone of color has been shot and they did absolutely nothing mm-hmm. whether it's someone oh hey we just passed a law where pretty much you don't have rights that you are right. entitled to it's like every day you just kind of it's like you're seeing it unfold under your eyes where everything is your rights as a human being are yeah. really taking away from and you that's what i love when people are like well you know i'm not really political and i'm like it's not even political right now it's yeah. like going back going back to our earlier discussion of people mm-hmm. are so like oh you need to have kids you know that's like the way to be really fulfilled as a human being 
well, you know what? I don't want to have kids if there's a chance that I'm going to send them to school one day and they're not going to come home because yeah. we haven't dealt with the issues that exactly. we need to deal with. Exactly. And that's why I think I think people don't don't want to look at the bigger picture. And no. I'm all for, like, let's live in the present moment. And right. That's fine. Me too, but, but I think we definitely need to start paying attention to what's happening. And a lot of us, like I said, including myself, there's way too many of us who are, I'm, I don't want to say ignorant, but we just... We much rather just be like, ah, you know, like whatever. Like you said, like it is what it is. It's gonna be what it is. Yeah. But when you when you do hear people like you speak, which is why I'm happy that you are getting on this because your voice is very influential. When you speak on it and how you speak on it, how you shed light on it, it really does kind of it wakes me up a little bit to it and and not look at it from the perspective of like, oh, this is just you know, fuck them. They don't care about me. Why should I care about them? Right. It's like no, because they don't care about me. I should make sure that my presence is known because if I just sit back, then they can do more right. and get away with more because I'm not complaining. It's not like I'm speaking up it's pretty much i am falling into like you know the outskirts of things and i will be affected no matter what Mm -hmm. so i definitely i definitely feel that and that's and look you know what whatever the outcome is right we obviously can't control that we Mm -hmm. can just do the best that we can but Mm -hmm. i don't want to have this conversation maybe if i do have kids down the line or with my nieces and nephews who are going to learn about this time in history yeah and they're going to say oh you are around what did you do? You were 25. What were you doing? Ooh, girl, I was eating. I was on Instagram. I was eating. I was eating on Instagram, taking pictures of my outfits. Right. Girl. Yeah. Which I don't think there's like anything wrong with that. But I think that we also need to be, you know, more aware of what we're doing for our future generations. Yeah, I think we have that responsibility. Exactly. I think that's kind of where I, I think that's the wave that I've kind of been on in general. I think more of like when I think of like politically yes that's what's very important but then i also think about like career like what am i trying to build you know i want to build something i don't want to leave my children with like yeah my mom worked at it saved at a job for 15 years and she has her pension and you know like i i want to build some sort of foundation that's built on something that i have a passion for so when my kids come in they can explore life in that way because through that lens yeah exactly because i feel like especially for us minority of immigrant parents we we're the first generation who's really coming into the united states and experiencing it with all the fruits that everyone else has kind of had years and years to enjoy Mm -hmm. so we're kind of here now just trying to keep up in the race and it's like we don't have all the tools but we're trying that's why it's like the foundation that I'm trying to build, my parents already built that worker's life here. And yeah. it's like, nah, now I'm trying to build a life where it's like, you can go and explore and figure yourself out as a person too. Because I feel like that's the saddest part that I feel like, not to say, but I feel like a lot of Caucasians have been given that luxury where it's like, and not all of them, but a lot of them get to kind of experiment and figure themselves out because they know that they have a savings, they mm-hmm. have a cushion, you know? And it's like, it's hard. And also, they're not discriminated against, against based on what they look like. Exactly. So you can go to freaking Texas and hang around in any area, but if I go to Texas... Oh, we should not go to Texas. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I got to make sure that I'm cautious. I have to think about that. The fact that like they don't have to think about that is just a different level of freedom yeah. that they get to experience with life in general. So... Um, I definitely feel that. That's why I definitely have like an obsession with going to countries where there's people who do look more like me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you just kind of feel at home. You don't feel like the yeah. sense of like, you know, I, I'm in a wrong place. Yeah. You know what wrong I mean? Wrong place at the wrong exactly. time. Exactly. Kind of, yeah. Exactly. So 
I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm pretty sure you guys can kind of feel it. But, like, Mitali is a funny-ass person. Like, she's... I know y'all have heard little jabs here and there. And she's a sneak attack. She's that type of comedian. Where it's like, she'll be talking and she'll say something. And then I'm like, did she just... And then I'll start laughing. <laughs> she's that type of person. Mitali is actually involved in that industry of comedy. So, I just... Before we even, like, get into everything and how you did that, I just have to tell this story... Because this story really changed my life. Um, Matali, um, when I met Matali, Matali told me she also did stand-up. Which to me, I'm like, damn, this girl is really goals out here. Like, she's out here like it's nobody's business. She does not care. So she told me she did stand-up, which is something I've always wanted to do. Been way too afraid of doing, but, you know. So she's like, I do stand-up, do, you know, whatever. You should come and see me. I'm like... I am going to go see you. So I buy my ticket. Me and my sister go and we watch Matali do her stand-up. So she, you know, everyone goes before her. Everyone's hilarious. You know, Matali comes on and she does her set. She's fucking hilarious. I'm going to insert just a clip of that stand-up so you guys can hear how hilarious she is. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, I went to India for a family wedding and came back with henna on my hands. I also did this last week. This is not just like a thing that I do. Um, but in kindergarten, it's super exciting. It means a lot. And of course, because men are the worst at every age. <laughs> wow, that really resonated with you guys. <laughs> this little boy comes up to me and goes, why did you dry in your hands with poop? <laughs> and then the entire class proceeded to call me poop hands for the rest of the year. I love when white people aunt that story. Those are your fucking kids. Just tell them to stop. Okay, so you guys, I'm telling you, as you can tell, she's fucking hilarious. She touches base on a lot of real shit, and that's why like, I connect with her so much. She's found a way to make comedy out of real, real problems. But at that event, right after Matali is done doing her set jerry seinfeld comes out and does a random set like hey guys lad you didn't know but i'm here and i'm like yo i was literally there like in awe because of course he's you know one of the greats in that industry and he came out right after you bro i was like dude this is a sign from the universe and i hope she caught it i hope she's feeling it like it was right after, it literally felt like you opened for Jerry Seinfeld. That's literally how it felt like for me. And I was like, do like hard work and keeping up at something, even though, you know, maybe nothing happened, like he didn't, whatever the case is, right. you still were in that atmosphere. You were so close to that presence. And I really want to know, like, how was that? How was that night for you? I definitely want to know about everything, but that night, like, how did that feel for you? Where you was moved as I was? Um, absolutely. Oh. That was one of the most surreal things. And, Dude. you know, when you're, like, getting ready to go on stage, obviously you're nervous. Mm -hmm. And you're going through all the motions. And you're like, oh, do I know what I'm going to say? Like, mm -hmm. am I prepared? Do I know everything? And you're like, okay. So I'm, like, waiting to go on stage. And I see him walking through the doors. And I was like, this is not. Yo! So you saw him before you I saw him before. And I, I was like, okay. I would have shit myself. I really thought. I, I was like, okay. I was like, this cannot enter 
Like, <laughs> this can't penetrate my brain right now because I'm not, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to babble. Dude. It was like really an out-of-body experience. And I then when bet. he came up and yeah. he did his set, I was like, I can't even believe I'm in the room with, room this, with this man. Yo. He's greatness, like greatness. I was in awe. I could not breathe. I was screaming. I was like, yo, right after Matali. Dude, I'm getting chills just now yeah. because it was so real. To me, it was like the equivalent of like if Dave Chappelle would have came out after her, I probably would have fainted. Because this, these, we're talking about big people in this industry. And when you're, you know, working so hard at something, I think people need to stop, you know, searching for their reward. I think we all do something and just expect our, our cookie after we're done. Yeah. It's like, you got to keep going at something. You know, you were doing this for quite some time before that day where he was there, you know. So it's like, you keep, and, and you start getting little gems that just come into the atmosphere for you. Like, that was a gem for you. Absolutely. It's like, keep going at what you're doing. But what got you into, into comedy? So... When, so I moved to LA when I was 17 in Young. 2011, Ooh. like didn't know what I was doing at yeah, all. But yeah. you kind of, I think at that age, you have this fearlessness mm-hmm. that I wish I had right now. <laughs> Sometimes I look at pictures and I'm like, who was that girl? She really just like didn't care at all about anything. Yes. And I went to LA and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I had all the confidence in the world. Right. So I was like, I'm going to take classes at the second city because it's, you know, so world renowned. Mm-hmm. And I did that and I got involved. I was like, I'm just going to take one class just to put it on my resume and see. And then I met like an amazing community of people and yeah. I learned so many valuable skills. And I was like, I'm going to keep going with this and kind of see where it goes. So I did improv and sketch comedy for like years. Wow. And then I got to a point where I was in LA and I was like, I just need something different. Mm. I just needed something different. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back home to New York. And I moved back home in March of last year. And in about January, I was like, how do I keep a bit of this in my life in New York so it doesn't feel like I'm starting over? Right. You know, because in LA, the entertainment industry is everywhere. It's all around you all the time. You don't have to try. You're like in it just by being there. And it's not like that in New York. Mm -hmm. And I was like... It's very easy. It'll be very easy for me to go home and see my family and my cousins and like my friends and just sit around and be like, I'm just so happy to be back and I'm not going to do anything and I'm just comfortable. And for me, like, this is maybe going to sound harsh, but (laughs) I feel like that's where your dreams die when you get comfortable. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, what's something that I should do? I was, I figured signing up for a class would be the best way to, you know, build that community and stuff. So I signed up for a stand up comedy class. And people have been telling me, like, oh, you should do stand-up. And I was like, never. Like, I would rather die than do stand-up. And then I was kind of like, why? That's so stupid. Like, nobody's life is at risk. Like, nothing's going to happen if you do stand-up. Like, you'll bomb and look stupid, but that's it, you know? And then tomorrow's a new day. So I signed up for the class. And it ended up being that at the end of the six weeks or eight weeks of that class, we did a graduation show at Gotham Comedy Club, which I didn't know at the time, which is probably a reflection on how clueless I was. (laughs) That it's the biggest comedy club in New York. I had no idea. And it's like really famous and I'm embarrassed now to admit that. But now that I've seen like all the comedians that have yeah. performed there, I'm like, how did I not know about this place? You're not um, the only one. I'm glad I, I found, did I found out just now. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't know because I would have been so nervous. But then I kind of developed a relationship with the bookers there and stuff like that and yeah. the manager. So I've been, knock on wood, getting invited back to keep on performing there. And that's, I like really just stumbled into that world. That's beautiful. And it definitely is clearly a place you belong because you didn't, you stumbled, but really honestly, like it's been working out for you clearly. It has. And I think that one thing that I felt with improv is that it's very, it's fun and it's very valuable, but it's very easy to be lost in the crowd. 
when you're doing improv. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking like, as an Indian person, and I don't look necessarily Indian, so I wasn't getting cast in roles that typically I would have been getting cast in if I was like, say, darker skin, had different hair. So I would go out on these auditions and they'd be like, oh, you don't look Indian enough. Like, they couldn't cast me as, like, Mindy Kaling's cousin or sister because it's Got just it. not believable. Got it. So I did a little, like, background work on the Mindy project and it was fine. But mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I have to figure out another way. And an area that I felt that was very untapped by Indian and especially Indian women yeah, was funny. is the stand-up world. Yeah. There's not really that many Indian Americans doing comedy. Yeah. And Women at that. Women, especially. Yeah, Indian-American yeah. women, I should specify. Because now mm -hmm. we have Hassan Minaj and mm -hmm, like, couple, mm -hmm. Aziz and, like, a couple guys. But... Mm -hmm. And it's still true, like, I've never been in a show, I've been doing stand-up since May of last year, so like a year and two months, three mm -hmm. months, and I've never seen another Indian woman at any of my shows. Yeah. I've never seen, there's always like, mostly still, it's mostly white men. Mm -hmm. White men. I noticed uh, that. A couple of I white women. That. I noticed You'll that. You'll have one black guy. Yes. And Maybe everyone... a token Asian, and yes. then, that's it. <laughs> a token Asian. <laughs> Maybe. And that's not even every time. Right. So it just is something that I felt like I like might be good at it, but also I just stand out just by my vi by like the visibility, right? That there's not that much of you in this industry. I definitely have to agree, and that's why when you were up there, I was going off. I like at, like I I went in there like I don't care if she's not funny or is funny. I'm gonna fucking laugh hard yeah, because that's my fucking friend. Exactly. But when I tell you I was weak, and then it was, it was like that hard laugh where everyone stares at you, and I'm like, yo, I'm she's really fucking hilarious. Like, how did she come up with this? And the whole, I just loved how how you married that entire, and that's usually what stand up is. You're telling a story, and I get that. But I just loved how you you told it from beginning to end. It was like you wrapped it up so awesome. And I really connected with you. I'm Latina and I'm not, you know, I'm not Indian, you know, but I still connected with your whole story of feeling like, you know, an outsider or feeling like, you know, you're different because of your race. And it's just, and made to feel different by others. It's like, yeah. I was like, damn, that, like, this, that's what I'm saying. I love how people find a way to tell the story in art, whether it's comedy, acting, you know, animation and tell real stories but just dress it up in a way where we can we can conceptualize it where it doesn't kind of make us realize how harsh the reality is. Right. So and I think what happens, I'm sure this must have been the case with you as well. Like when yeah. we were kids, and even though we and imagine like we grew up in Queens, which is such yeah. a diverse place yes. already. Yeah. Like most of my friends in elementary school had at least one immigrant parent. Yeah. But still that that feeling of feeling like you're different is so yeah. prevalent. And back then it was like I would try to pretend like I wasn't different or that mm -hmm. I wasn't like you know something else right and at that time it was like yeah 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 like being American and blah, yeah blah, blah. yeah and now being diverse or being different is such a thing that's a trend so, like trendy yeah exactly. it's literally it's to a point where it's like men are asking women what their race are because the more exotic you are yeah. the more interesting and, and it's, it's like, gotten to the point where I'm like people are doing things that I shunned as a kid because I thought it wasn't the right thing to literally, do. Literally, right now, I'm wearing sneakers that have a zipper on them. Yeah. And I would have gotten my ass cut as a kid Absolutely. for wearing zipper sneakers. And I'm like, this I, it's so crazy. As an adult now, you can be free to be that little child that you wanted to be like, I yeah. want to wear zip-up sneakers. Yeah. You got to worry about people making fun of you for that. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me. It really is. And 
what like I have I, I, I like to Natalia you're like awesome like I, I, like I know you guys can feel what I feel through through the microphone she seems like the type of person who can literally and I love that people can have a conversation about anything and be able to defend themselves in any avenue of the conversation but I feel like that's one of the reasons that I really gravitated toward you because and <laughs> this is something all of our acting teachers have said to you yeah. and whether or not you believe them is a separate thing yeah. but everyone has said that there's something about you that people People gravitate toward there is there's something about you that is just so inherently attractive like that you have this personality where again like you don't really care what people think of yeah, you. yeah yeah like you really don't yeah and I, I, know. I know like <laughs> I, I know you so see, you see I me see, like I see you I walk around like, sometimes the train home together from that <laughs> class like I know we've had conversations but you just have this like power mm. you have this power and like you own it but like i feel like the day you really are like yeah i'm ready to own this like look out world i'm like, we're not ready i'm i'm afraid we're not ready. <laughs> i'm telling you like you are honestly again like in the short time that we've been friends yeah you've like really left such an impact on me as well oh, so like happy. you're just so you thank you i tried man it's not i remember i asked you like internally like it's work I, it's, it's work I know. it's hard man it's hard but just finding and that's something also even in that class, yeah. is, it's such a weird thing and such a unique thing to be in a room full of people who just want to work on themselves. That's really weird. And that's is. a very rare thing to find it is. in today's day and age, it and is. especially in a city like New York, which mm-hmm. is very like, no, no, get away from exactly. me. Don't come close to me. Narcissistic. Headphones fun. in. Don't look yeah. at me. Like, all of that shit. Mm-hmm. And to be in a room full of people where you actually get to have that human connection, where like... I almost wonder in a different circumstance if we would were just be. like crossing paths, would it have that have had exactly. that? Exactly. I think it would have because like you're just so like, <laughs> amazing. But I wonder like it really yeah. allowed us that space to get to know each other in a very comfortable environment. It definitely did, and that's why that's why I was so obsessed with the class. That's why I was willing to pay for the class. Yeah. But it's like you know we also know it's hard to make a living in New York yeah. because so in New York you're paying here. for everything, and it's like. You, you know, you get hit everywhere with the taxes and just the metro Even cars, just, like, the food, the like, food. everything. You know, I'd be trying to make 20 different Grubhub or Seamless <laughs> accounts just to get that $15 oh, off. Yeah. Like, it's hard out here, but I want to cap it out with you that I I have I have three sets of questions, and I've been trying to figure out which one I want to ask you is I feel like... But I think the one that I really want to know that that kind of, like, you know... I want to get your perspective on. I want you to give me three biases that you've had throughout your life that you debunked as you kind of grew older. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, three biases that you feel like you had that you debunked. So one bias that I definitely had growing up, which I don't want to point fingers and say where that might have come from, <laughs> but I really felt that America is better than every other country. Mm. And I would go to India with like this attitude of like, I'm from America. Ooh, yes. Oh, I used to feel that way in DR too. And they would be like, oh, the Americans are here. And they would feed into that also. yes. And then I realized now, like, says who? We ain't shit. We ain't shit. And like, (laughs) look at where we are now. And now I go to India and the tables have turned absolutely where they're like, what's going on in your country? Why do you have mass shootings every day? And honestly, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't know. It's a mess. It's messed up. Yeah. And they're like, what's going on with your president? So that like, that image that I had, uh, that bias that I had when I was a kid of like, 
we're American, so obviously you we're know, better. We're better, yeah. It's so not true. And Ooh, that's, that's another thing that's been one. debunked in general just by, like, traveling the world. Yeah. Like, here they try to feed you that narrative of, like, yeah, it wouldn't work here what they do in other countries. Mm. And then you go to other countries and you talk to the people that actually live there and you're like, we could implement this. Exactly. We could. Yeah, like Canada. There's things to learn from other yeah. countries as well, but we yeah. don't leave our doors open to that. Exactly. Um, what's another bias? Oh my god, you really hit me with this. Yeah. I told you, girl. I told you these questions are rough. So we said one bias is Americans. You know, the, the American mentality that we just think that we have pretty much this high sedity feeling like, oh, you know, we're American. I definitely feel that. I used to go to DR and feel like my cousins were poor because <laughs> I'm American and they're, you know, misfortunate. But what else, man? What else can you think of? Maybe like another bias and maybe you feel like you've kind of debunked. Um, just, I think that we've kind of talked about this already as mm-hmm. well, but mm-hmm. just that like, women and girls have to be a certain way or behave in a certain way. Definitely debunk that one. Definitely. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of responsibility as well falls on how we raise young boys because Mm -hmm. you can tell that like your daughters don't dress like this and don't be like this and don't wear that. And like, I'm guilty of that as well. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes my cousins would come to events, like family events and I'd be like, man, Really? Like, that's the outfit you chose to wear? <laughs> but really, like, I shouldn't yeah. be doing that. Yeah. And that's not really good behavior either. But mm-hmm. if you teach men how to be respectful of women, then the onus is on everyone yeah. as a society, as right. a collective, to be like, hey, let's look out for each other. Mm-hmm. But you can't just assume that, like, I'm going to go on the subway in, like, baggy clothes and I'm going to be fine. Right. Which is what the, they try to sell you. They're yeah, like, oh, yeah. don't go to the bars and don't drink, you know, mm-hmm. at night because men are going to try to roofie you. Like, no, teach the men, don't roofie Do people. Exactly. Let's start at the problem. That's the issue. That's really the issue. It's so true. And I, ne- I never even stopped to think about, I have I have thought about that, but I, I, I don't like how in society it's not really something that's really implemented, like seriously implemented. Like, we need to stop how we say things. Like, don't go out with like a short skirt because you're provoking someone. We need to teach people to not be provoked or feel like they have a right over you to do that. And it's the same, that same thing applies on like a bigger scale with like running for president where there's so many, like with Hillary, I heard a lot of like, oh, she's not that likable. Yeah. And I'm like, she's not likable. Like she's trying to do like her job. She's running for president. What do you mean? She's not likable. Yeah. And to me, I thought she was very likable, but, and now I'm like, now when people make that comment to me, I refuse. Like, I'm like, no, you can't tell me that this candidate is not likable. You know, that's just. That's not a real reason. Give right. me backup with evidence. Right. And give facts. me information and facts, facts yeah. to support your opinion. But 90% of the people can't. So I'm like, you know, I'm on to something. Yeah, this is definitely... It's like, I think people nowadays kind of go based on who kind of just, you know, tickles their feathers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, that person just kind of... I like how they said that. Like, that's a really emotional response. Like, right. that person probably reminded you of someone. That's why I said, like, honestly, like, with her... She felt she feels like an aunt, and she what's her name again? Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Yeah. Um, she feels like you know an aunt. She feels like she's like family. So that's why I kind of gravitated towards her. So I did have a very ignorant response, but then I started watching her videos, and I'm like, but she does things to back that up. Yeah, exactly. There's facts. She's tackling. You know, she's saying that she's going into these 
jobs and that people are making like 13 to 16 bucks an hour and there's no way that someone can make an honest living mm-hmm. on that salary and we need to do something about that girl you did your research i did girl because you, you put me on but <laughs> i'm definitely like damn like she's really like she's not talking about like what i hated about trump is like he it was very like he would give ambiguous statements like yeah. nothing was concrete we are gonna change our circle okay how are we changing our circle? but no one asked him and 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 she and gets asked. That's why she has answers for everything. Exactly. She's ready because we know she knows that we're on a different energy now. Yeah. Because we definitely just coasted. I think with Trump, we thought it was a joke. Yeah. We were like, now there's no way. It's like, don't sit here and say there's no way. I'll tell you one thing that Trump has taught me. Anything is possible. Yeah. Anything, anything is, is possible, possible for anyone. Exactly. That's a fucking bias right there. Thinking there that nothing know. is fucking possible. Like, yeah. You just... You, you clearly can, you can achieve anything if you really fucking put your mind yeah, to it. Yeah, and that's what I feel like when I have a lot of people, really surprisingly, who are mm-hmm. like, that's great that you're like working on her campaign, but like, do you really think she can win? And I'm like, obviously, if I'm working on her campaign, I really think she, she can, can win. win. I'm going because, into this with that attitude. Yeah, people but, don't, people don't realize like, time is the most precious thing. And if you're really giving your time to something, that means you think that it's worthy of something. Yeah. You're not just handing out your time. No. You are literally like, Matali, what did you host? You said you hosted like, I um, hosted a watch party for the first Democratic debate. And it and was the biggest one. In the country for her campaign. We got 70 that? people. Yeah, her campaign, her HQ called my phone and they were like, hey, we just want to tell you like, and congratulate you like on this. And I was like, you know, it's so easy <laughs> for me when I believe in something to really put my all behind it and right. how I feel I know we went a little off topic, but how I feel on that subject is like she was the first African-American woman Mm -hmm. to serve as the attorney general of the largest state in the country, which is California. Mm -hmm. She was the first Indian-American ever to be elected to the U.S. Senate. So Mm -hmm. like she's never lost an election that Mm -hmm. she's ever stood for. Never, ever, ever. So like go into the base. Trump's like, you're a loser. She's going to be like, well, you know, I've never lost an election. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to see how this goes. But like, you're going to tell me that the person that achieved all of those milestones doesn't have what it takes to be our first woman president. Sorry. Sorry. Like, that I agree, argument man. is not good enough. Matali has me sold on this lady, man. <laughs> for real, for real. I'm, I'm, I'm voting for her. I'm saying it yes. now on the radio. I am voting radio on the podcast. <laughs> I am voting for her name once more. Kamala Harris. Kam- yes. Ka- Kamala Harris. Yes. I want to say it right, man. Kam- Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala yeah. Harris, man. But that's another bias that I feel like yeah we've overcome because I grew up never even thinking that it was possible for a woman to be president. Yeah, I don't know if you ever felt, felt like that. Girl, that was not. I just assume like I never, men, men I actually never even had that thought even inter- enter my mind. Yeah, like, I just assume like yeah. I think every man's job. Everything was kind of just a, yeah, exactly. Like even when you would watch things on Disney Channel, like let's just say for example, you just kind of knew everything was just kind of as it was. You know, the white girl and you know the crush is always a white boy, and I'm you know always. white boys are it. You know, that's the only thing I'll ever date is a white boy, and it's like. We, I definitely agree. It's something that we've debunked the feeling like there's like a ceiling on things. Like there's no ceiling on anything. Mm-hmm. And clearly Trump is an example of that. There's no ceiling on anything. There's no ceiling on your choices. There's no ceilings on any avenues you want to try to get into. You are really the sole reason on whether or not that falls through or that becomes, you know, something that you, you can attain. So definitely, definitely agree. Those are really good three biases that we've debunked. When it's the, you know, being American and thinking that you're high sedity, um, being a, what was the second one? 
just being, like being a woman being a thinking, woman yeah and thinking that like you can't accomplish certain things especially a woman of you know color absolutely and then kind of just feeling like we have these ceilings that we can't yeah. attain things so definitely three amazing biases that i definitely have debunked myself the first one really fucking got me because that's yeah. definitely how i've been i felt before Metali. and it makes me sad that 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 is something that is cultivated here yeah. because i feel like i missed out on so many good years of going to india and absorbing exactly. that my culture exactly they make it seem like it's a different thing i'm like no that's my culture that's my heritage like why are you gonna make me feel some type of way about that and that's crazy because that's really how I, i've been feeling like i feel like now it's like you've been disconnected it's like a matrix like i feel like i've been disconnected or connected for the longest and then yeah. i disconnected i'm like wait like i'm not white and i don't have these privileges and you know what i don't want to be white. yeah i, I used to want to be white. <laughs> yeah, yeah i dude. literally like i longest. used to wish i had blonde hair and blue eyes Ooh. Yeah, it was bad. Really? Yeah, I really did. (laughs) That's deep. And now I look around and I'm like, you know what? Like, it's great to be white, but you know, it's also not so great to be white. Because y'all miss out on a lot of stuff. And y'all suffer from skin cancer. But you know, that's just And you can't eat good food. (laughs) Your stomachs can't handle it. Not everyone, (laughs) but enough of you. Lactose intolerant motherfuckers. Yeah, that's that's all fake. That's all fake. Uh, yo, Natalia, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for You're having so me. Dope. This was so much fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys can understand and feel how dope she is through the microphone, through your your audio, whatever, your speakers, your headphones, whatever you're listening through this. You know, Natalia, um, you know, follow her on her social media. Definitely, I'm going to link it. And definitely, if you are in the city and she's at a show, Go check her out. She is hilarious. And she's definitely, I feel like she is a staple that we need to definitely, you know, get behind it and really, you know, create an avenue that she's definitely creating an avenue. And I feel like we definitely need to get behind that. Go watch her shows. Go support her. Go follow her movement because it is a movement. I don't think you see it now, but it is. And it's going to become more of that, you know, when you get more people who understand you and what you're doing. So I definitely hope you guys enjoyed your dose of vitamins for breakfast today with our guests. And stay tuned for more. Thank you again, Natalia. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you were able to gain some perspective as well as something positive from today's guest. My goal is to provide a platform for the population of people whose experiences have helped them grow can be heard and possibly help someone else stand taller in their skin tune in next week to connect with another bold spirit and i ask you to please leave a nice review and share with anyone who can benefit from a little vitamins for breakfast